0: Hey hey hey. That's my best voice. That's that's what I have to work with. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's get on with it, huh? <laughs> this is an episode about me, <laughs> garbage. <laughs> I'm garbage. And my vibrators. The Astro Namakal Vibrations Vibrators. Um, We're just going to do it just like every other one. But at the end, I'm going to talk quickly about how the championship is going. So we'll get to that. But first, starting off with the number four seed. um, The Astronomical Vibrators. Now, the three and four seed came from the Buscarino Division. While the five and six seed came from the Papadopoulos division, um but that division also featured the number one seed, whereas uh Buscarino featured the two in fear boners, which we'll talk about those teams uh tomorrow. Um with it being pretty much obviously the Papadopoulos division in, in the playoffs so far has definitely had the overwhelmingly better results in the playoffs. That being said, these two teams, the Vibrators and Garbage, who were the bottom playoff teams in the Buscarino division, still were awesome. Uh, had early departures in the playoffs, unfortunately. But it's just because their side played so well when it came to the playoffs. The, those two teams were hot. These two teams were not super hot going in. But Astronomical Vibrators was over five hundred going into the playoffs, unlike the other two. Uh, 108 wins hundred and five losses seven ties um, overall the team was pretty good uh it had its ups and downs um pretty much put it this way uh they were ninth in pickups uh the two brothers were the worst in pickups but he still almost he more than doubled his brother in pickups uh tots uh ninety six to forty and he was still ninth out of, out of ten. Um, that just shows you how active the rest of the league and everyone was and how unactive specifically Tots was, but also Tyler was to a certain extent, but it was also strategy-esque. Didn't want to overbloat his pitching when his pitching was already pretty good. Um, but it, it did make him, uh, lag behind a bit in wins and K's, uh, coming in seventh in both of those, but came in second in the area and Whip. So there's the trade-off, the same trade-off his brother had, um, in that in those categories, um, overall, if you look at the schedule for the Vibraries, their start was average, started off off the bat two straight ties against his brother and Fear Boners. Um, they lose this to Iron Dome, so yeah, technically, you're you know a half a game back because it's 5 4 1 lost Iron Dome there, but then he beats me 6 3 1 uh, and then loses another 4 6. But win 7-3, so th- he was pretty much stalemating there, and this is actually going to be, be a trend that you see in vibrator season. Um, they had a hard time ever following big wins with either even just stalemating or more big wins. It was always instead um, losses. Normally pretty big. So just for an example, gets a seven three win, gets a five five tie. So that slightly breaks what I'm talking about, but then goes on to do lose four six and then lose six three one, which perfectly effectively cancels out the seven three he just got. But then he comes back with a seven two, right? So now he just pushed himself back to about even, maybe a little bit below. Seven two one pushes him nicely above, and that's a big win against his brother. Loses two eight to fear boners. Right? And then even worse, loses two three seven matchups right after that. So the streakiness in this team was really rough. Uh, they were just really up and down too often. More down, especially when you get to the middle, with a 3-6 loss, a 2-8 loss, and two 3-7 losses. That was like the rough patch. But then he had this big streak towards the end. Um, I'd say overall a strong end to the season. Um, with a 6-4 win against... Playoff Roy, uh, playboy, uh, a 9-1 win against the show. He, he was part of the show's uh, slipping at the end of the season. He took advantage. And a huge win against KFC as well, 7 one um, Only one loss in two straight match I mean, only two losses total in two straight matchups while adding on 16 wins and two ties. Um, that's massive, but then what does he do? Classic. This this was what pushed him out of potentially being above me in seeding and almost pushing him into a sketchy spot of even making the playoffs at all. He got 10-0'd by Skankies. I know Skankies are a very good team. You can't let yourself get 10-0'd, especially after you just went on a streak. But then he comes back against me and wins 7-3. So it's just like so up and down with this team. He ended off the season against Tots, his brother. Uh, pretty, he, I'm Pretty much he manhandled his brother over the season. Yeah, 7-3. Seven two one and then a tie. So yeah, he definitely did. But he ended the season with a seven three against uh, his brother Tots, and uh, ended up pushing into the playoffs with just above a five hundred record. Uh, unfortunately, losing very quickly. Um, I believe that was to Playboy Roy, six uh, four if I'm not mistaken. Um, when you look at the roster in general, the prominent players, uh, Grondahl was really bad for him in the early season, then started to pick up, got hurt. Dropped him, picked him back up when he became active, and he's been pretty good. But if you're really talking about like the big boppers in this team, uh, you're talking Matt Olsen. Um, 270 average is fantastic for a slugger who's had 38 homers. Uh, 110 RBIs, 100 runs, so 100-100 guy. Uh, not really a stolen base guy at all, but he did, was able to contribute four. But whatever, he's a great four-category guy. Um, Bregman was hurt for Most of the season, and so is Corey Seeger. But both guys are in the 50s in the middle, which means, say, they were to play the full season, um, you know, that's 100 100 as well. Uh, but they weren't able to, which really stinks. Those injuries really bogged them down. They were in the mid teens and homers, great averages, uh, just and with the runs and RBIs right there with what you should be at. Um, and they weren't able to stay healthy. A good pickup. That they had was Jonathan India, someone I actually dropped at a moment. He picked him up and ended up doing pretty well. Almost 100 runs, 270 average. Uh, Bogart's super hot start. He never even particularly, I would say, ever did particularly bad. But he did end up with only like 88 and 80. So, not awesome. um, Considering what he was doing, it looked like he was on pace to be right there with like Olsen and counting stats. Um and it, almost the three hundred average. So, the, I'd say this team's biggest disappointment pick was Christian Yelich. The amount of draft capital put into him, and he just really went back to being more of an average player. Uh, does I'm not sure where the MVP Yelich is, um, but it's not there at the moment. Kyle Tucker was a good trade for them. Almost thirty homers. Almost a four five category type player. And then lastly, Jordan Alvarez. Great pick. I dumped him because he did so bad for me in the 60-game uh, season. But looks like I was wrong. The dude still got it. Not surprising. Uh, but then here's the big part. You talk about the pitching. Uh, they got probably the best value ever in Freddie Peralta. Oh my god. Freddie Peralta had a fantastic season. Only 144 innings pitched, but almost 200 Ks. 10, 10 wins. 280 or a, Under one whip. Awesome player. Um the saves for this team were really inconsistent. They ended up coming in sixth, but they would have just cycle closers in and out, uh, switching uh, all the time because of facts like um like they had their players like lose their um lose their role, stuff like that. Uh but they hung in there and still got sixth in saves, and that's something impressive at at all. Um Tyler Mail was really nice over 200 Ks, had a really great season, surprised the hell out of me. Um Cal Quantrill was also pretty good who he picked up off for agency. Um you know, he had some guys, um Lance Lynn obviously. Um but it's just it wasn't consistent enough uh in the pitching department to I mean in the hitting department all the time to be winning matchups when the pitching was only normally winning two categories, maybe three. Um. So he wasn't able to often grab big wins, and if the hitting was not coming around, uh, it was big losses, which is what exactly unfortunately we saw. Um. Now, just talk quickly about what I said then in the draft. I ranked them fourth out of everybody, which is exactly where they finished. Um, said top hitters were Yellich. Wrong, unfortunately, it was definitely not Yellich, It was more Olson would probably be the number one, number two. I put Bogarts. Eh, you'd probably put Alvarez. I I wouldn't put Bogarts, in that. I I I'd want to put Tucker as the third for this team, uh, because Tucker does has done so well, but they didn't have him, all year, um, so I'd maybe put Bogarts after that, but I either way, still some pretty good top end talent, and I said, Fibers have a nice blend of average speed and pop from many different areas of the team. Yeah. For the most part, um, there wasn't a, enough speed, I would say. The speed ended up faltering because they came in 8th and stolen bases overall. But definitely the pop and average like, uh, put together was pretty good. Although the pop and homers wasn't as good, the RBI total was great with 3rd in the league and the average being middle of the league. I'd say for the most part true, maybe a little bit off. Um, nobody blows you away in speed, but they have a lot of guys that can do some stuff in the base, pad- base pads. <laughs> okay, not not so right. Um, last but not least, sure, some guys hit for low average, but the other guys can really hit for average. Uh, it looks like this team did finish in the middle, so I guess I'll give myself that one a little. They ended up picking up McCutcheon who only two twenty. But then, like I said, like he had some other guys who really could hit for average. Yelich obviously didn't hit for good enough uh, for a while there, especially Grendel did not hit for good enough. So, And then there's other guys like Olsen, who was like, like a good sustainable average. Corey Seager with the 300. Bogarts with the 300. So, okay, sure. But other, um, it's, it's either going to be one or the other for astronomical vibrators. This team largely thrives picking each other up on their deficiencies, which... To a certain extent, is true because some guys just were not big sluggers and other sluggers had to take it over. And that's why they ended up not being super high in homers. Um, but a team does a bit of everything. And I'd say, for the most part, pretty true. Um, you look at middle of the league stuff, fifth in runs, third in RBIs, sixth in average, that's all middle league stuff and that's all over the place. Whereas I would say the power... I I I would even bet to say that Vibrators was probably even disappointed with it. Uh, only 7th in the league. Not what he probably drafted for. He probably wanted a bit better. Stolen bases being 8th. They kind of drafted for that. So I don't think they were like had that as a huge focus. So I'm sure that's whatever. But I'm sure they would have had the homers be a bit better. Um, top pitchers, DeGrom. That was unfortunate. DeGrom was absolutely manhandling um, and he got hurt. But I'd almost still put him as a top pitcher regardless. Uh, Lance Lynn. Ended up more being Freddie Peralta, for sure. Um, who was picked up, to be fair. But Freddy Peralta. And Zach Zack, I put. Definitely not. I would probably say more on that line of Jose Barrios. Or Tyler Mail. One of those two. Pitching is good. Not great. Uh, okay. I was a little wrong. I thought the ERA and whips would be a bit higher. But the K's and wins numbers are aligned with what I probably thought. But also, if they had picked people up more throughout the season, that would have been higher. But who knows where the ERA and WHIP would have been. Um, This grade can easily be changed when closers become more settled in. Like I said, closers filtered in and out for this team, but they were able to stay top six. Not terrible. Uh, They can scavenge some good closing talent, but right now it seems worthless to have closers at all. Don't remember who was on the team at the time. But regardless, ending sixth, not the worst thing in the world. If they were to abandon saves, I'm not sure the starting pitching will have enough power. Eh, okay, keep going. Vibraris may be in a tough spot here, even if they have good talent. This is a good manager, so I'm assuming the member of the Fab Four will figure this one out. They pretty much did. Yeah, their pitching was definitely, in in general, their stronger suit, um, with the Arian whip being number two in the league. Um, I'd say they definitely figured it out. Uh, their saves could have been better. Like I said, the other counting numbers could have been better. But they were, they made a conscious choice that they don't want to concede a and whip. And that's what you get for doing that. And that's fine if that's your strategy. So, good for them. By Bears, unfortunately, yes, they do end up coming short. But we're a pretty decent team this year. Uh, I mean, they made the playoffs at the six seed. Uh, you're never going to say... I mean, at the four seed. Never going to say it's particularly bad. So... Is good for them. They made a good run. They made the playoffs again. Uh, a, a lot of the members of the Fab Four, except for Tots, um, have been able to consistently make the playoffs. Tots normally kind of does, but past two years have been really detrimental to them. Um, so we'll see how it goes the next years. Um, but the Vibers definitely were a up and down team this year. Formidable, but. Some weeks they were going to kill you, and it stunk because you are going to have to put up a good matchup. Other weeks it just seemed like they were just the one of the easier teams to steamroll. So it was a re- weird differential between them. Uh, but now we get to me. I end up with 111 wins, 96 losses, and 13 ties. Not bad. Uh, six and a half games behind Fear Boners after they crushed me at the end of the season to be able to uh, grab that number one seed. I had the third most pickups in the league, only behind, um, let me see, should be, yep, The Show and Playboy, which are both the starting pitcher teams that pitch, pick up like crazy. So yeah, I, I'm kind of crazy on the waiver wire, it's just fun for me, I like baseball, uh, sue me, so. <laughs> anyway, um, the start of my season was okay, two wins and three losses, uh, so it doesn't sound great um but the the losses were not huge so a six a four six to play a uh, playoff Roy not bad four five one to fear Boners not bad three six one to vibrators not good um I'll give you that one but I was able to seven two one tots and seven three Iron Dome So then it almost levels out because of the bigger wins. Two small losses to the show and KFC, which are both teams now. I realize I guess I should have beaten, although the show was a decent team then. Um, But then big wins against the Skankies and Pool Pass. Um, So I had a slightly similar season to Tyler, um, the Vibrators, but not as bad because I didn't always have such bad drop back falls. Uh, it was more that the end of my season brought, bogged me down. So yeah, I, there was like one or two instances where I unfortunately matched a big win with a big loss. But it's not like Tyler where you had like five or six. I had like one or two and then my end of the season was just dog shit. It was <laughs> just bad. I'm lucky I got the A2 against Iron Dome. Otherwise, I I, I think I probably still would have made the playoffs, but I mean Vibrears definitely would have been ahead of me. Uh, and I don't know who else would have been. I have no idea. Um... But really if you look from week sixteen on, I won two matchups, a six three one and eight two against Iron Dome and the and, and Tots, which are two teams I beat all season. Um pretty heavily. I beat Iron Dome seven three, seven two one, eight two. Like so those were big wins always. And I beat Tots six three one, ten oh, and seven two one. So those are two teams I dominated all year and those are the only two wins I have from week 16 on. Lost to the show, lost to the skankies, lost to pool pads, lost to the vibrators, lost to fear boners, bad. So, I ended up being bogged back down. It looked like I was probably going to get that bye for a while, the bye week, uh, week, which I desperately would have needed. Um, especially because the middle week, let uh, this past week, my team actually played pretty well when I was already out of the playoffs. Unfortunate. You know what you're going to do. Um, but yeah, that's how the schedule went. Surprisingly, not one tie all season. I had a lot of ties in 13 total. Uh, I believe that's about... Yeah, it's the most in the league. But I never actually tied anyone. I just got ties. Uh, I guess that's actually potentially a good thing. um, That I was able to tie people so often in um, categories to maybe actually win the matchup. Like a 5-4-1, stuff like that. Or salvage something. Regardless, top players. Freddie Freeman... 120 runs because of where he bats that lineup. It really killed his RBI total, which stunk. um, Because my team ended up being a stronger team in RBIs. And I would have loved him to help contribute to that to make it even stronger. Um, You would think, no, don't you want him to help with the deficiency? No, because I sucked in runs. I was ninth in the league in runs. Really bad. So it was pretty much a gimme that most teams were going to beat me in that anyway. So why not just get more overall power in the RBIs section? Oh, well, what you going to do? Um, but Freddie Freeman hit 300, uh, almost 10 stone bases somehow, but 31 homers and 120 runs, that's awesome. Uh, Arnada was still even great, 34 homers, over 100 RBIs, 260 average, not quite where you want it to be, but not bad. Dansby Swanson had some uh, good times. I picked up Brandon Crawford from Playboy who dropped him. He had a good season with over a 300 average. Uh me and Fear Boners have shared Josh Bell over the season, picking up and dropping him whenever we needed to. He's had a pretty good year, ended up on my team. Austin Meadows with the 230 average, over 100 RBIs. Um, Blackman was more of a disappointment. But really, when you're looking at this team, you're looking at Otani. Um, 45 homers, 100 RBIs, 100 runs, over 25 stolen bases at 260 average. That average was even higher. But it's not even just that. It's also what he does for your pitching. Had over 160 Ks with 9 wins, a 3-1 ERA, and a 1.09 whip. To have 45 homers with those pitching stats is just phenomenal. Um, The rest of the staff, they had a lot of injuries towards the end of the season, but Blake Snell was really up and down. He was either great or awful. There really was no in-between. Chris Paddock, the same exact type of thing, but he was hurt even more. Lots of stints in the aisle. That was unfortunate. Uh, Herman Marquez, he got in the middle part of the... uh, Me. I shouldn't speak from the third person. I got in the middle part of the season, um, and he was pretty good when I was able to pick him up. Really killed me in the playoffs, but I'm not even going to get to that. Kyle Hendricks... Oh, you want to talk about someone to kill me in the playoffs? My God. Um, I ended up having like a 9 ERA in the playoffs. Somehow. After having fifth and fifth in ERA and whip all year with first and wins and saves. Don't know how that happened. Whatever. Don't even want to talk about it. But Kyle Hendricks just had a bad year, um, especially towards the end of the season. He was doing really well in the middle um, and ended up looking like normal Kyle Hendricks. That faltered. Um, Alex Wood was a good little pickup. Um, was able to always post pretty good numbers, but, uh, Carlos Rodon was amazing under one whip with a two, three year, right? Um, Mark Melanson ended up being a great pickup. I actually picked Emilio Pagan cause it looked like he would get the job out of the season at like right out of the gates. Then Melanson got, it, he got a few saves and I was like, okay, I'm going to switch it over, picked him up. And he was one of the better closers throughout the season. Uh, Garrett Cole being Garrett Cole. Not exactly what you were hoping when you pick Garrett Cole, but not awful. And Jake McGee ended up being a great pick, too. There was a lot of times where I was worried that uh, Trevor Rogers was going to take his job, and he didn't. So, that was great. Um, I projected myself third overall. Guys, start listening to my beginning of the season. Uh, Oh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I, I did second. I'm sorry, but maybe you should start listening to my beginning of the season stuff, because I've been pretty... Pretty freaking spawn on. Um put my hitting as a B plus. Mm. Eh. Eh. Hitting was a little weak. Um Freddie Freeman, definitely probably my best hitter. Uh except and actually no, Otani. The Otani should be number one. I had Freeman, Arenado, and Conforto. It should probably be definitely not Conforto. Although he did pick it up in the end the end of the season. It should be Otani. Freeman and Arenado, probably. Sounds about right. Um, lots of relying on full team effort when it comes to speed. Uh, yeah, I ended up really coming back in saves, but I had a nasty beginning of the season, so. Sure, fair enough. Um, stolen bases may may or may not be a driving force. They definitely were not a driving force. Um, regardless, overall, Garbage has a solid group of hitters. Eh. Some guys were really eh. Uh, some great pop potential. There was decent pop potential for sure. This I was fifth in homers, and there were even guys who had big injuries. And then I also filtered around this lineup a lot. To be fifth in homers still isn't bad. Um, but not quite quite as strong as other teams. Definitely true. Other than Sanchez, team seems to have strong strength in batting average. Uh. It didn't end that way. <laughs> it ended up coming eighth in average. So it didn't particularly end that way, especially with like Otani, which is a guy that was locking me in for average. Ended up even dropping to like a 260. Chris Bryant at a 260. Meadows at a 230. Yaz at a 220. Yaz this season. I don't even want to talk about it. Conforto dropping to a 220. And then Gary at like a three ten, uh, 210. So yeah, um, not really a strength. And definitely not in runs. I said that I would have a strength in runs, like I said, mentioned earlier. A weakness. So hopefully they can pull together other categories week by week. Not many weak links in this lineup, but not overwhelming strengths either. Yeah, I would say that. There was never any time where I felt like anyone in my lineup needed to be replaced other than maybe Conforto. Um, It was just that they weren't super strong. And I didn't know exactly how I could deal to other people fairly. Um, some of my players for stronger players without leaving too big a hold so I had had this huge hard time trading with people um, because I was like yeah I can get the stronger guy but currently no one on free agency is someone I feel like is viable to add into this other spot and, and it unfortunately ended up being pretty true and my hitting was really middle of the road if not worse put um, a minus for pitching with Cole, Snell, and Hendricks being my guys, I would say now it's still more Cole, but then probably Melanson and Rodone, Rodone being the pickup. Um, potentially the strongest overall pitching staff. Uh, maybe. I would say I have the best pitching staff or the second best um, when compared to like Tots and Vibrators that also have strong pitching staffs and another pitching staff we're going to talk about. Next week, which is probably the strongest, uh, in fear boners, it's close. Um, but we'll see. Um, regardless, um, knowing that this pitching is a pitching-heavy league, he got lucky with dependable, dependable arms later. For the most part, true, sure. Closers leave something to be desired. Ended up being wrong. Ended up killing it and saves the first in the whole league. Really good with pickups and stuff. But if some uh, if some of them hit, this could be a deadly staff. Especially if so- uh I don't want to read that. I don't want to read that. If Soroka can get healthy and back to form. Yeah. Nope. No, he didn't. Oh, well. Anyway. Let's move on. <laughs> Says my team. My team did fine. Not amazing, but not terrible. Um... It was just a really bad time for the playoffs to hit when my team was playing just so bad. It's like the opposite of what Playboy Roy got. Um, Popping into the playoffs Uh, as hot as he ever really was. Or as hot as he was at the the very beginning of the season when his team was playing really well. Uh, Going into the playoffs like that, I just didn't have that uh, far from it uh, from my manager of the month week. So, oh well, what you gonna do? But anyway, let's get to the fun stuff. It is currently a 5-4-1 leading matchup for Playboy against Skankies, which would be the 5-C potentially taking out the 1 if it keeps going this way. This is Friday, so games still have to be played today, tomorrow, and the next day, and then the season's over. But Skankies actually has had some bad pitching. Really awful and unfortunate for them. But, Playboy actually had some of his guys get blown up yesterday too, and now leads and whip. With the ERA still pretty far off, Skankies does have less Ks, which means most likely less innings, which means that can be fixed easier by Skankies, with a 4-1 being more set in stone. But a 5-2 is still a ways off, so Skankies would need some good pitching here on out. They already got their saves, they're fine there. Uh, they already won that category. They're going to need to keep whip. Um, with a 4-1 ERA, having almost a 1-3 whip is pretty rough for Playboy, so Skanky's pretty lucky there. But it looks like they're pretty much off in wins unless they get some real luck. But Kays is close. But you know Playboy's going to do his pickups. So, um, Pretty much the overall matchup is close. Skanky's only down three homers for them. That's not a whole lot. Tied in runs, only up three RBIs. Um, Playboy, I would say the only thing he's really running with is potentially Array, and if, if, if if he can fix it. But I'm not going to say he's running with it. It's more wins and stolen bases, which are two with like those like flip up in the air categories because you never know if you'll get them. So those are huge for him to be able to like solidify. Whereas Skanky is the only thing he really has solidified at all is saves, because Playboy doesn't run a team with closers. Other than that, everything's open. So things look better right now for Playboy, and we'll see how it goes. But I don't know, man. Looks pretty rough, but we'll talk about Skanky's season any regardless next week. All right.